There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. (sighs) (sighs) The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. And there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 69 of the No Encore Music Podcast. We're back in the house. I'm with my two best friends in the whole wide world. Hi. Aww. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. Happy birth yesterday. Thanks, man. Yay. Falling oh, myself. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> that was lame as well. It, it went well. <laughs> I think he's trying to cheer himself up because the strange LED light contraption he has in front of him is not illuminating the V. In my name. It's just died. The fact yeah, that you have your name in front of you illuminated as we do this is kind of freaking me out. I'm a narcissist. What can <laughs> yeah, I clearly, say? Clearly. Yeah, I don't know. It was a good birthday. Uh, if, if you recall, we all became men of a different vintage this? in recent times. <laughs> it was a workman-like birthday. Could do more. It Strong was like six. Six out of ten. Yeah. No, uh, I'd say 7.5 out of ten. Oosh. Maybe even an eight. Jesus. Didn't have everything, but it had a lot of things. And um, but th- this time last year, if you recall, we did like an hour and forty nine minute podcast yeah. on my birthday. Which what was one was that? Wildly what did you chaos. We brought Vinny. <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah Vinny Casey and yes. Sarah Hedeman were here that day. That was good. And fun. that's when I got that uh, picture of George Harrison that haunts us to this day. In, <laughs> oh my god, in it's still here. Of the studio. Here. I mean, I've like, not been there the yes. whole time, just staring at it's me. It's really unnerving. It really is. It looks like Especially he's ready to go fishing. Well, the, the main problem is that he looks so much like Noel Edmonds. Oh yeah. no, we have to turn around now. I can't. It's really, really freaking out. Yeah, I don't like it at all. All right. <laughs> anyway, we all went to a gig. We did. I went to a gig, which is probably the biggest news. No, you're back in it though. You I'm back, back in it. I'm pretty much back, back in it. Pixies at Trinity. Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it. It was very good. Yeah, I'd heard that they'd gone a bit like Bob Dylan guessed the song sort of shit. Really, well, that bad? I mean, I, that's what I'd heard. Yeah, I'd heard they just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. but. 
it seemed like they did. Yeah. They seemed really good. Within me. reason. I mean, I thought it was great, but it was incredibly businesslike. It was like song, 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 High Dublin, song, 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 big finish. Take a bow. Yeah, but at the same time. But what a set list. If Frank Black was kind of like, hey, what up, Dublin? Last time I was in town, he'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Exactly. I didn't expect anything other than what we got, but it's a great set. They opened up with Gouge Away. That's a hell of a way to start a set. Great song. They closed with Winterlong, which I don't think they play that often, but that was great. With Paz and Chanton kind of taking the vocals. I think I feel kind of sorry for Paz because she's really good, but she's yeah. not Kim Deal, and therefore that will always be held against her. And Didn't also, stop it's continually taking photos of her. Did it? Hang on a minute now. What? I took what? photos of the band. <laughs> Hold on, Rafe. What? I wasn't with at this point. Right <laughs> <fit>. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Stage I've heard that about Dave. You lean's right. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Is it a bit worrying that all these like Gen X bands are like kind of just replacing their female bassists with other female bassists? I know they have to. They're like there's female vocals in the song, so that's kind of one reason. But it's a bit like we get someone a bit close to Kim Deal. I don't know. It strikes me as weird. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I it, it, is, it is a reasonable question. Yeah, yeah I mean, take. I did think yes, I, I, did Patrick. <laughs> I did kind of wonder that myself when it was first announced. I was yeah. like, have they explicitly gone for it? But I mean, you know, like she had the resume and shit like so. Yeah, she was. In a, you looked at her resume. <laughs> she was in a perfect circle and a Zwan. Zwan, yeah. yes, yes. I, I she knew, I recognised her yeah. from some sort of mid, what is mid two thousand music yeah. video. I couldn't place it, and yeah, it's honesty by. Uh, I was clear clearing out all my old Q magazines <laughs> during the week, and there was an article like about Zwan, and they're going to be the next big thing. And blah, blah. I was just like, oh god, there's still time. Are you still cleaning your house? <laughs> Very <laughs> much so. The amount I'll show you the pictures. The amount of music magazines is insane. I believe this yeah. for sure. It's crazy uh, stuff going back. But to it was a great set, uh, like Tame, Dead, all the usuals. They didn't play my mind. two favorites. They didn't. No. Which were they never do. River Euphrates and Levitate Me. Okay. Upset. I thought it was good. It was really yeah, good. No, was I mean, good. it was interesting because like this is part of MCD's summer series, mm-hmm. which is now concluded, and you know you're kind of like, what what's it going to be like? Will it be? You know, like, how will the sound be? Yeah. Uh, I thought the sound was pretty good. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, look, venue was decent. Yeah. Let's be fair. I mean, like, you know, MCD have a track record where you would be very surprised if they started suddenly ruining. Marry shit. them, why <laughs> yeah. don't you? Well, no. To be fair, in terms in terms of stuff like sound, I mean, you wouldn't expect them to be turning up with something. They're like very much in the business of sound, I find. <laughs> <laughs> really, um, but it was a good size. I thought. Yeah, um, it worked perfectly well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would go to a gig there again. And really nice to be able to fucking like just get off the bus and walk into a gig. Could have been improved if the pav was open. You could just get cans out of it. But <laughs> apart from that, all good. Yeah. Leo Varadkar was there having a good time. Was he? That's yes, he really? was. Got his photograph taken with Frank Black. Oh. And fan club. Oh, opened yeah. opened proceedings they mm-hmm. supported we'll be talking with them later in the show because indeed. despite what I said on the last episode we're going to review their album we are indeed Yay. but first <laughs> oh, actually well, before we get to the news well I guess this is kind of newsy God. bit of a bit of a kerfuffle in it's a snafu <laughs> <laughs> bit of a ramshackle situation in Evening Herald Terrors yeah Cullum what happened uh, so they uh, they printed a story about Lukaku signing for United Romelu Lukaku moving from Everton mm. and uh, illustrated it with a picture of Stormzy Oof. that was really bad Stormzy seemed quite upset as well on Twitter like, words, like, I don't really get the joke I don't really like that institutional racism <laughs> yeah I mean just like, a terrible terrible mistake yeah and if, yeah. They, it's just because he was in a United shirt once it wasn't even the home kit. Like you think they would have thought, oh it's no, blue trading yeah, top yeah. or something. Yeah. Also, they look different because they're different <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> that being the main yeah. problem here, like, you know, the fact he's in a training top and they're different people. Yep. Uh, can you imagine being that editor? <laughs> oh, 
I mean, I mean, like if maybe the even here will do a thing like they do in football, where like refs get demoted <laughs> to like the le- to League Two for the weekend or something. So maybe the he, weekend. so maybe he'll have to go and work for Alive or something. You know, that Catholic newspaper free sheet. I don't really, to be honest. Well, if, if, I'm not saying I'm a fan. <laughs> or like, right, but I'm an avid reader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> avid fan of Alive magazine. But at the same token, there's like loads of people on Twitter being like, oh, someone's getting sacked. I mean, it's not really. It's just the worst mistake ever. I mean, I'm sure they feel just dreadful enough without yeah. having to lose their If job. ever there was like, time for people to stand outside uh, a newspaper's office and shout, sacked in the morning, <laughs> this was it. That would have been fairly kind of on point. But yeah, horrible. And uh, yeah, thankfully, you know, we've never done anything like that. In our hot press Jeez. days, <laughs> no, no, as in like we've we, we've never had a gaff of that nature. Like I mean, because that kind of shit. Like I mean, like you know, it's you're, you're, it's print. You're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah <it's> true. <laughs> gone. Like. I can imagine that photo editor running from shop to shop trying to buy up <laughs> the supplies. <laughs> like probably your biggest selling fucking issue. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, one for the grandkids. Isn't Collector's it? Yeah. edition. Well, in the news this week, we've talked about Fire Festival before. Oh, yeah. A quick catch-up on that one. It was a disaster uh, kind of put together by a bunch of influencers to <laughs> lure rich kids. From the minute one of the marketing guys heard that it was shouldn't happen and said, let's do it anyway and be <laughs> legends, it's been like an unmitigated disaster. So the organiser of this is currently being investigated by the FBI for fraud and may be facing jail time. Mm-hmm. A lot of rich kids were stranded on an island, <laughs> not promised the bougie experience that they're <laughs> teased with by the, like, the Instagram crowd. Uh, the latest in this is Blink-182 were supposed to be one of the headliners, but they pulled out, I guess, knowing what was uh, knowing what was going to happen. Matt Skiba, of Alkaline Trio fame, who has replaced Tom DeLonge in the band, mm. has given an interview with the NME that has since been pulled, mm. which should tell you something, in which he basically says that Fire Festival, was, he, he used witchcraft and <laughs> all of his pagan beliefs to wish that this festival wouldn't happen. And then it didn't happen, so he's taking the blame through some hoodoo. Yeah, I think it's like the standalone sentence of "I consider myself a pagan and a witch" <laughs> is just yes, thank you. Um, uh, and he said, "With every inch of my energy, I wanted fire not to happen. I put all the electricity and energy in my body is he the fucking rock that thing is he? happening." No idea, to be perfectly honest. This is the thing. Like, once you're in Blink One Eight Two, you're going to go a bit like loopy. loopy. Yeah, <laughs> loopy is the word. Although he then went on to kind of make quite a nice point like a righteous point about how he didn't kind of like, like basically the festival was kind of classist and yeah. he didn't like the fact that all these rich kids were hanging out with you know much poorer people in the Bahamas and he just that was kind of the reason for him pulling out but yeah I'll take responsibility and everyone can blame me he says Shazam Shazam, Shazam. Oh, Shazam. I'm yeah. somewhat guilty but very relieved that I wasn't there with people stealing from each other I mean, <laughs> do you imagine that like Travis Barker and Mark Hoppus there I'm you just go. going up the top of my head there um, yeah you got it well, yeah then. thank you congratulations but do you think they're just sitting there going what are the fucking odds like we finally managed to lose the mental from the band <laughs> and we've hired this guy well, you know, he had to contribute somehow, seeing as most of his vocals were turned down in the mix on that record that they put out. <laughs> so he's managed to mistake his claim. More on Fire Festival as it continues to burn. In other news, we talk about Dave Grohl being the nicest man in rock. Nicest man in rock. He's the nicest man in rock. And, Do you, you know, know that, Craig? I've heard he's the nicest man in rock. Some people have said that he's the nicest man yeah. in rock. Well, one person who said that he isn't is their ex-drummer, Foo Fire's ex-drummer William Goldsmith, who's lashed out at Grohl, calling him a school bully, and said that he was left, quote, creatively raped, uh, which yeah. is a hell of a term. Yeah, it's like, it's uh, quite a term, yeah. It doesn't sit well. Yeah, he played for the band as the drummer between 95 and 97, contributing to their second album, The Colour and the Shape, and then discovered, uh, I guess, when the album itself went to print, that Dave Grohl had gone and re-recorded all of his parts. Yeah. 
Yeah, he says... Doesn't sound very nice to me. No, he says, you know, it would have been nice if I had been informed about this. Uh, I mean... that word again. <laughs> Dave, as a drummer... Hi. Uh, if your parts were re-recorded, would you feel creatively raped? <laughs> I'm not going to use that term. Yeah. That term is <laughs> fucking, like... Problematic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd feel bad. You would feel bad. Yeah. I feel like this probably goes on a lot where it you does. know you're a hard hand if you're, you know. Well, he he says that he yeah. felt more like a full time band member than a session musician. Yeah. Because they asked him to stay on. They wanted him to go on that tour and yeah. still be in the band. But he said that he couldn't do it because he felt that it wouldn't be his parts. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you gotta, like, in any kind of creative process, if someone came along and was like, I'm rewriting this or I'm redoing your drums and never saying it to you beforehand, yeah. like, like, that to me is. That's very bad behavior, yeah. Yeah, although at the same time, I mean, like, it is Dave Grohl. And this is at the very start of Foo Fighters. So basically, at this stage, Dave Grohl is not superstar frontman. Dave Grohl is Nirvana drummer Dave Grohl still. Yeah. So you surely can't be that surprised if he decides he wants to drum instead. Goldsmith says himself he thinks management wanted Dave Grohl on drums, mm-hmm. which, of course, you know, would probably, you know, bolster the album sales. And I'm sure it did. Uh, like so I thought you can kind of understand why Dave Grohl might have re-recorded stuff but maybe should have told him but then your man goes on to say that remember once Dave said in an interview that touring with me was like touring with a punching bag that's a very nice now, see, this reminds me this reminds me there's a great book on Pearl Jam it's called Five Against One it's written by a Rolling Stone writer it only covers them up until I think the end of the 90s or something because it was written a while ago but their second drummer was a guy called Dave Abruzzese and he was on Versus that album mm-hmm. and he might have been on Vitalogy as well but by all accounts, he comes across like an absolute sweetheart, this lovely guy, but the band never really accepted them. And he got like their logo tattooed at one point, and the guitarist was like, you know that's for life, don't you? But like Vedder oh, yeah. was routinely horrible to him. Um, it's like the Metallica thing, yeah. And it was like a thing where apparently like, you know, your man Dave Abrazzese passed out on stage one night because he was sick, and he told the band in the dressing room afterwards what he was going through and how stressed he was and how upset he was, and he put his head in his hands at one point, and when he looked up, they were all gone. So the, like oh, this shit God. goes on. And what I will say is, it's always the fucking drummer, guys, who gets like picked on and yeah. pushed around. But I tell you, well, I'm pretty sure Mucha got bullied in the Sugar Babes as well, though. So that's something. Could she play drums? Maybe, possibly. Yeah. I thought she was. Oh, was the she doing the bullying? Bully. Yeah, yeah, maybe she was doing was the bullying. Uh, no, yeah. I might be wrong. Sorry, Mucha. But <laughs> well, look, listen. I mean, this Goldsmith character isn't going to be pushed around any longer. Oh yeah, because he stepped up and cut a weird wrestling promo at the end of this when he said at the same time at that point in my life my ability to set boundaries and my own self-confidence was lacking and I made it that much easier for him as time has gone on I've gone through some experiences which have turned me into a man people aren't allowed to pull bullshit with me anymore I'm as much at fault for allowing myself to get treated like crap the way I look at it now is if I hadn't have happened the records I, I'm running out of the sentence because it's really long and boring but basically he but it, 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 it ends somehow with and I wouldn't have the children I have which is a weird like, thing to and again, shades of Carlos Tevez when he was playing for Manchester United, like saying, Mr. Ferguson made me so mad today, I went home and took it out of my wife and kids. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think Mr. Ferguson is the problem there, mate. That, but that's, in fairness, that's not what your man's saying. Your man's saying, like, uh, he's I'm trying not to... alleging that he, like... <laughs> no! What he's saying is that if, like, these awful things hadn't happened to him, maybe my life would be worse sure. off. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is, you know, but we all rationalise in that weird way sometimes, don't we, when something awful's happened to us? Do we? End well, up on a podcast. Tell, tell <laughs> butterfly effect, etc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, look. I once tried to explain the butterfly effect to someone they answered with, I like butterflies. Was it Ashton Kutcher? No. no. That's a bad movie. Yeah, That's in bad. my top ten worst films. Which we're not doing this week, but we are doing your oh, top sh- ten songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. I tasked you with this last week. I feel sick. 
This was really, really hard. Okay. I had other like real life decisions to make this week, but like, what they, haven't, the house, they haven't been made. It's just like this has been so painful. This is really, really hard. Well, I, I just know it is. I told yeah. you it was. Yeah. And you were like, oh, fuck off, Dave. <laughs> Give That's it a exactly how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck off, Dave. All, All right. right, well, I just do it. Yeah. All right. Um. Okay. So I'll count down. Will I? No, I've actually. I've actually put them in order as okay. opposed to just doing a weird half hour like alphabetical thing like you did last week. Why don't you get the fuck out of the studio, yeah? <laughs> Still technically my birthday. <laughs> all right. I will say um, there's a Jay-Z and Kanye song that should be in this. Oh, listen to all this build up and this like this Which I'll, I'll call Ninjas and Paris so I can like remain everyone's unproblematic fave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it'll only be reinstated once they, you know, sort out their feud. So that's my political message. Well, let's have that as our as our <laughs> as our underscore music here. That'd, shall that'd we? work well. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, get going. On the list. All right, at number ten, the replacements. Alex Chilton, the greatest rock song of all time. At number nine, a song from last year. Frank Ocean, Ivy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm putting too much into this, am I? <laughs> number eight, Burt Bacharach. This guy's in love with you. <sighs> Solid choice. Amazing. Yeah. Number seven, Wild Beasts. Reach a bit further. Amazing song. Number six, Talib Kweli, Get Boy. Yeah. Bit of Kanye Shoot. production. He's in there. Number five. All right, this is the top five. This actually, the top five is like set. Right. So I've decided this is definitely the top five, all right? Unlike, say, Dave. Unlike the previous <laughs> five, they're not definitely. They're, the top they're ten. like other stuff might come in there and blah, blah, blah. That was really hard. Yeah, well, top five. Talk. Okay. All right. Number five, Broken Social Scene, Shampoo Suicide. Okay. Number four. The go-betweens, Bachelor Kisses. Okay. Number three, The Strokes Last Night. Okay. Hard to explain, man. No, Last Night. Jesus. This is favourites now. This isn't the greatest songs ever, okay. right? So this is like sentimental stuff is coming into this, right? Number two, Bashti Bunyan, Train Song. Okay. Right. You know that? Yeah. Number one, Can Dave Guess? Is it Ninjas in Paris? No, I said no, it's no, not, no, on, the not on the that list. Oh, right. Point, yeah. Sorry, I, I wasn't paying attention. There's a fly in the studio. I know, come on. To get rid of. Uh, can I guess your number one? Yeah, come on. Yeah, it's 6 a.m. Jolinda Share by Corner Shop. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> it's no. Song for Bob by Nick Cave and uh, Warren Ellis. No. Regulate. Oh, dude, you should get this. I should get this? Yeah. Uh, give me a clue. French. Sebastian Tellier, oh. La Yes. Okay. And it's Mr. Dan's Magic One mix. Just to be clear. And that is the greatest song remix. ever written. It's not a remix. It's a mix. Okay, well, my list was better. I do not think so. I'm preparing to store him in next week with mine. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you know, I enjoyed having the musical bed. So, you know what, gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Let's have another piece of music, shall we? Let's. You might know this one. This is a great song. It's called The Wanderer. Oh, well, it's blow on my left arm and there's Mary on my right And Janie is the girl So yes, the wanderer. Okay, um, if you heard it before, <laughs> this fly has really freaked you guys out. It really, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's thrown me right off my game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, there's it, a full it, chocolate tray bake as well. That do you want me to kill it for you guys? Yes, you want me to, yeah. Do. Let's sort yeah. it out. Daddy Craig. <laughs> yeah. That's a fucking grim nickname. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Daddy Craig. Jesus, between that, Daddy, your Venus lighting up. And 
Jesus. <laughs> Everything else. I was going to say it is episode... It's gone right. 69. Carry on, no encore. Like to apologise to our sound engineer. It's sixty-nine, man. Uh, anyway, oh, wow. There you go. It's all too much. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to thank our sound engineer for quitting the show. Walked <laughs> <laughs> out. <laughs> Dion Demucci of Dion and the Bells. <laughs> Keep all this in. Uh, Dion Demucci has taken legal action against uh, game publisher Zenimax Media who are the parent company of the Fallout creators, Bethesda Softworks. If you played the Fallout games before, Fallout 3 was kind of a big hit a few years ago. Then there's Fallout New Vegas, then now there's Fallout 4. They are first-person, kind of third-person role-playing games, and they have elements of violence in them. They're all right. They're pretty good. Good good old time sync. But like they kind of trade on this weird old-school aesthetic. So all of which is to say that when the trailer for Fallout 4 arrived, it was scored by this song. and it Because you're playing a character called like, The Lone Wanderer, so you're kind of out in this wasteland. So it fits. It would fit perfectly. But the trailer has upset this Dion Dimitri fellow uh-huh. who believes that it is pissing all over his lovely song with images of graphic violence and homicidal murder. Immoral images, in his own words. Which is a hell of a thing to say. Um, I've seen that trailer, and it's not quite the case. You do shoot a couple of mutants or bugs or something in that trailer, but it's not too bad. But he seems to be really, really upset, and thus is looking for the Dr. Evil sum of $1 million <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was a weird one. in this lawsuit. And I don't know. I mean, like, the suit goes on to detail the narrative behind the song and how it was wrongly represented, and I quite like this. In The Wanderer, Dion gives life to the story of a sad young man who wanders from town to town, not having found himself or the capacity for an enduring relationship. It's pretty close to home. The song describes <laughs> isolation during coming of age. Oh, God, it really is. Uh, without plaintiff's consent, defendants dubbed The Wanderer into commercials in which the protagonist, a wanderer, roams from one location to the next, armed and hunting for victims to slaughter. It's not quite the game. No. I don't think he's got a case here. I he's got a know. case, but I don't think he's going to win. I mean, the main thing is we got to play the Wanderer on the show, so... That's the entire reason why I did the story. What a song! Yeah, shoot. What a fucking song! Actually, he's got another song called Only You Know, do you know it? It's really, really good. Don't think it so. might be in my top ten favourite songs, <laughs> but it's not. It actually. Wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> literally wasn't. Just but he's really good. But he also is one of these people that found God a long time ago, so I can understand where he's coming from. And yeah, it's another case of... I mean, in an ideal world, the artist probably should have kind of say over that, but clearly apparently, doesn't have a no, really Apparently good. he wasn't consulted, which I find weird. And I don't find that strange at all. You hear that a lot, don't But like, you? surely you got to go to them and be like, we're a major corporation, we're putting out this huge game for profit. <laughs> yeah, these major corporations are always going to people <laughs> and checking their feelings. <laughs> but it's like licensing a song. Surely like that, that would have been part of the process. Like I find it weird that so- one day he just found this out. What I'm but saying no, is no, he no, probably doesn't have the rights the, they, to they the song. They licensed the song all right. The fact is, though, that they then made an ad that he wasn't happy with. Yeah. Okay. So it's more that like he's like, I didn't know it was going to turn out like this. He wasn't sitting in on the creative meeting that day. Yeah, apparently not. Fair enough. Mr. Memo. Well, other creative meetings that have occurred and resulted in incredible products. Uh, Kendall and Kylie Jenner have been talking about their amazing t-shirt line. Yeah. Have you seen this line? Literally amazing. How would you describe this line? Amazing. Apart from that. Sacrilegious. Mind-boggling, <laughs> yeah. Bizarre. <laughs> Tell us what they are. Uh, it's basically pictures of Tupac and Biggie, which have now been superimposed with the Jenner sisters. It's great. I think it's, it's terrific. Ozzy I think Osbourne it's as well. I think it was one of them. I think it's a grand artistic statement, to be honest. Really badly designed, retailing for ridiculous amounts of money, and they've been pulled. And they have noted that uh, they only sold two of them. Mm-hmm. Which is not good returns in the year. Uh, it continues to be a year of realizing stuff for Kylie <laughs> Jenner. And that was last year. Wasn't that it? was last year. Look, yeah. I guess this is a much grimmer year. It's for rolled <laughs> over, yeah, for the, for, for the Jenners. And 
They've responded, though, to people giving out about this and said that the allegations made are completely false and the lawsuit is baseless. There has been no infringement or violation of anyone's rights when it's clearly the case that it has yeah. been. I'm liking this legal corner we've got going on this <laughs> week. <laughs> They're just painfully terrible people, though. Like, oh, Hot take. Wow. Yeah. Hot take number two for the episode. Why yeah. would you say that, man? You don't know them. I feel like I do at this point. I feel like everybody does, such as their ubiquitous presence. Yeah, it's up there with the kind of worst, like, commercializing, you know, musical stuff I've seen. I just remember, it, well, I think it was Converse. Now, I'm not entirely sure, but they did a series of ads where it was, like, dead rock stars, like Kurt Cobain, with, like, angel wings and stuff, and wearing, like, Converse. It's like, that's a bit much. No, no, yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> 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 Courtney Love clearly thought it was fine. Like, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, if it wasn't them, we're going to have to bleep that out. You do realize that, don't you? Lest we I'm get pretty s- sure. Lest we get sued yeah. <laughs> and become an actual legal corner podcast. Okay, uh, it's very hot in the studio. We haven't found that fly. We should probably get into songs of the week, should Let's we? Let's do it. Uh, you know what? We got five songs. I need a pen. Six of them, even. Do we six? Yeah. Oh, we got six. Okay, well, in that case, I'm going to have to insist on our random number game. Craig Whoa. Fitzpatrick. Can I have number six, please? Yeah, you can, man. Absolutely. This is Buddy Beatroots. They're back, and they got some special guests with them. Jet. Yeah, Jet. This song is called My Name is Thunder. Jet of Are You Gonna Be My Girl and fucking terrible fame. They were the subject of one of the best scathing reviews of all time on Pitchfork when the entire review was a video of a monkey pissing into his own mouth, I believe. Yeah. That was the entire review. <laughs> Pretty good. So, yeah, they're back. It's like the bare grills of monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> they're back with Bloody Beetroots. Now, Bloody Beetroots are, like, uh, Italian, I believe. Yes, And yeah. I must confess... I saw them live at an Oxygen, yeah. and I had their time of my life. I think I saw them at the same Oxygen, and I thought it was dreadful. <laughs> yes, you were there that weekend. Yes. Um, and, yeah, but I remember getting into like this kind of weird mosh pit situation, and I emerged from it. You had a great time. Someone's t-shirt wrapped around my leg. Don't know where it came from or where it went, but, you know. It was, was it a jet t-shirt? No, it wasn't. <laughs> but, yeah, they've got some songs that I quite like, even if they might be a bit terrible. Uh, well, no, I just find them a bit... Uh, in your face and abrasive. Okay, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy Craig. Daddy Craig. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The I was going to say the oral adventures of Daddy Craig. I meant oral adventures. <laughs> it's getting worse. Okay, look. Sure. Let's talk about the song. Um, what's going on? To? What's going on here? I got about 30 seconds in, to be honest. It's absolutely awful. Yeah. It's like an ACDC impression, but over this, like, turbo dance bollocks like. Yeah, I mean, that makes it sound better than it is, I think. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> What did you make of it, Dave, as a <laughs> fan of both of <laughs> these <laughs> fine <you> artists? <laughs> Don't you dare. Jet are fucking garbage. Uh, <laughs> as is this song. It's rubbish. <laughs> it's so bad. It's awful. I had to put it on the show, though, because I was like, I need people to feel my pain. <laughs> okay? It's so bad. Show title right there. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Give me another number, please. Three. <laughs> okay. Uh, from one to the other. Coldplay are back. Fresh from Croke Park. This song is called Aliens. If you 
So, lads, uh, I think that this is the song that David Bowie said, no thanks, Chris. What Ooh, do you think? that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're back with Brian Eno. Um, <laughs> and some people have gotten very excited about this. I saw an article where I was like, this is a good Brian Eno song. And I yeah. Thought, oh. I saw the same thing. I'd quite like to hear the instrumental version, maybe, but it feels like Chris Martin is desperately trying to find a tune to pair it with and not quite succeeding. And... As with most things Coldplay do, it comes from a very good place. Um, <laughs> it's it's aliens, all in caps, with spaces in between. And he compares migrants to UFOs. <laughs> 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 but I hear, I believe the proceeds are going to some migrant cause. So oh it's more fine. than I'm doing for them. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. You're not your old Q magazines, no? <laughs> I might. I Jesus. Might. Okay, well, look, hang on. This is particularly bad in terms <laughs> of, like, the lyrics are just bad. Like, yeah. really, really bad. But, like... It starts off and it's got some kind of weird. <laughs> it's got an interesting atmosphere. It's got a, and then Very it's vibey. It's as if I genuinely thought I had two videos playing in the same. Like, yeah. Like because there's this, this is weird double up, and I'm like, oh, hang on, that's not palatable. Yeah, the weird. My brain can't handle this electronic sort of thing that's going. It really wrong. feels like someone pressed a button and forgot to turn it off. Yeah. yeah. Brian yeah. Eno was like, "Fuck it." Yeah, the vocals just don't match up whatsoever. It sounds like a weird. Jam slash offcut of that Milo Zylado album they yeah. put out. It's yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of style. At least they're getting away from the EDM a bit. I mean, that's all you can that's say about something, it. Something, right? Oh yeah, that song with the Chainsmokers from earlier this year. Oh, that yeah. was great, wasn't it? My yeah, God. we all love that. You can clearly see this though being a bit of a fucking like lighters in the air live moment, though. Mm. Especially I because, d- like, <laughs> let's face it, model and lyrical nothingness has never held them back before. Phones but usually the air, they have a decent chorus to back up their sure. nothingness <laughs> whereas uh, with this there's no real great chorus I can hear them louder and clear last night I was going to say by all accounts it was, it was a spectacular gig in terms of at least the production mm. point of Seems view Seems have done really well yeah. and I kind of feel like I do feel like Coldplay are overhated I made the claim once on this show that I could I could name you 15 great Coldplay songs I think 15 that I, stretch I immediately walked you could definitely get a 10 yeah a 10 <laughs> even then yeah. Yeah. I mean that's a good, good return record. Yeah, you can make a good Spotify playlist out of them. Yeah, and yeah. if that's not a modern reflection... Dave's going to do that. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Check it out, everybody. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. You know I will. I, know <laughs> I love a playlist. Okay, uh, number, please. Number one, please. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Nine Inch Nails. My boys, they're back. The song is called Less Than. Okay, so speaking of strange claims I've made in the past, when we did the listening guide for Nine Inch Nails on this very show, I noted that Nine Inch Nails probably don't have a bad song in their entire back catalogue. A big statement, and here's a bigger one, guys. The streak continues. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of your kind of flawless record. uh, (laughs) Infallible band. band. But, yeah, this is good. I quite enjoyed it. Um, it's kind of synth poppy, I guess, albeit with like far harder edge than most of that. 
it's interesting because um, during the week I was listening to kind of some of their back catalogue and I was listening Man. to Pretty Hate Machine, which I very much enjoy the songs, but the synths, it does sound very dated production-wise, doesn't it? Hugely. Yeah. So, like, but these, in a really fun way. But it's like these 80s synths on the new one sound more 80s, but somehow less dated than the actual 80s synths on Pretty Hate Machine. Sure. Well, I guess I guess it's a bit like making something that's automatically retro, that, like, you know, it can't really date if you're already bedding it in sort of like 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah, and okay, this reminds me quite a bit of The Hand That Feeds. It has that kind of pop industrial crunch. It's very short. It's got a brilliant full stop, which yeah, I love. Hook. Great hook. It's very poppy. It's like it could almost poppy. soundtrack like a lifestyle sports ad. Not oh, in a bad way. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's like, as close as they're like ever the going to get to it. Sports ad. <laughs> well, like the Von Bondies doing Come On, Come On. Was that yeah, them? Yeah, I mean, it's not quite it's as good as that song. Killers, I think. Killers, yeah. That's what it was going for. Yeah, okay, I think this is great. Now, granted, Preaching to the Converted for sure, but I think it is fantastic. I think it's really arresting. I think it's really upbeat. I love how just hooky it is. Uh, I quite like his lyrics on it, which aren't always his strong suit. This is part of a trilogy of EPs. The first one came out at the end of the year. It was called Not the Actual Events. It was five tracks on that. There's going to be five tracks on this. It's called Add Violence, and it comes out next Friday. I'm very excited. And I'm also very excited to hear how these EPs will all stack up together once they're all out. I quite like the idea. He was talking to Zane Lowe when this was premiered on Beats 1. And he was basically saying how, like, you know... Did Zane enjoy the new song? Zane said it was an absolute belter, mate. No way. <laughs> Shocking, isn't it? Wow. With his exclusive interview with Trent Reznor on the phone. Um, <laughs> on some weird connect- like landline connection. I don't know. So, essentially, Trent was saying that, um, yeah, he still loves the album as a concept, but feels that they're getting more out of this. And himself and Atticus Ross, who is now a full-fledged member of Nine Inch Nails, have kind of been talking about doing stuff like this for a while. And I like the fact that it does sound different to the previous EP. And yeah, this is a home run for me. I, I think it's addictive as all hell. It's a sugar rush from Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it a thumbs up. Yes, uh, number. Hit me number two. Hit me number two, okay. It's Dr. Dre, it's called Gunfire. Laid out with the chalk around him. Came back as kings, came back with rings. What if he fought in a gunfire? Gunfire, gunfire. Run at ya, run at ya. We come back, ya, come back, ya. Now, I don't know what to make of this. Right. Yeah, you thought this was... Um, <laughs> when we, play, we, we searched for this on YouTube just for an easy way to listen, and you believed that it was a fraudulent recording. <laughs> you know how like you're like, okay, here's a track that's embargoed or is on one service only. Oh, look, some, some kind soul has put it up on YouTube, and you click in, and it's clearly like that person's demo. demo. Yeah, you're just like, this doesn't sound like Dr. Dre. I mean, it could be a kind of a computer-generated effort at a Dr. Dre song. It definitely does have some yeah, well, he, cliched he, features. He certainly like switched up his style, both in terms of production <laughs> and um, like rapping-wise. Like, his register is much higher now. Yeah. He's obviously got new ghostwriters. I believe John Connor's doing a lot of the stuff. People online seem to think Kendrick had a hand in this. and There's some Kendrick-ish elements to it, but I'm not sure. I, I, we don't really know as yet. Um, this is for a kind of new documentary series, I believe. So it's kind of just, I don't know if it's like a grand announcement. Here's my new single. It's just something that's going to slot in. Um, I didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. I think the production was modern, not in a good way. I'm a big kind of defender and fan of Compton, which I thought he like knocked out of the park. But this is like, 
It's very literally one note, and it sounds like he's playing pure tinnitus. It's just this. Yes, that is fucking so irritating. (laughs) Not since Jennifer Lopez's "Get Right," I think it was called, which has that over and over again. Do you remember that entire fucking song? This like has this kind of weird. Like I was like, no. We fucking love air horns, though. Come on. No, but this is not fun. <laughs> this is not good. I feel like it might have worked if you had actually Kendrick just going nuts over it. But Dre- I mean, Drake's never been the best rapper, and he's almost trying too hard now. Speaking yeah. of, speaking of air horns, I watched the first Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather mm. press conference thing. The one in LA was an embarrassment for all concerned. And it, let me tell you, listener, if second you're, one if wasn't you're right paying, <laughs> if you're going to pay for that circus, well then, Jesus Christ. Okay, so <laughs> Hot Floyd, take. Floyd, Hot take, Floyd, when he like stepped up when he was being introduced by his hype man. There wasn't any kind of like class music kicking in. There was just a like three air horns, like like what we would do on the show. I was Amazing. Like, he, must be, he must be listening. Oh, I love it. Yeah, tremendous. Yeah, must be said with his tax issues, he's probably had to scale back in the music. Yeah. They play. They did well. play. Uh, I get money. Um, by 50 Cent beforehand like a good bit and they and had it was Aloe Black sing oh, that Aloe was Black t- remember him like I interviewed him is it? what I interviewed Aloe what Black what did he have to say for himself very little uh, he apologised <laughs> no do you know what happened he wouldn't let me film him I should oh. point out what were you trying to film Dave <laughs> Was, Show us on the doll a, where a, Dave Van Rowdy Was this an Arthur's Day extravaganza? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in which we had to go and, and haul an iPad over to hotels to interview various different people. Is that when you fell in love? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> with Aloe Black. With Aloe Black. <laughs> <laughs> no, with um, uh, a singer who will not be named. <laughs> right. uh, who hasn't gone on to do much, sadly. Uh, uh, nonetheless, I interviewed a few people that day, including Scissor Sisters, who were lovely. Mm-hmm. They're great, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like Aloe Black. Uh, Miles Kane, I interviewed him. Mm-hmm. Nice chap. Also wouldn't let us film mate see essentially what happened was clearance wasn't gotten in advance right so some people were like what you want to film us i can sure. understand that and Aloe black was having fucking none of it <laughs> i interviewed him with a dictaphone and then never wrote up the interview nice now so he's just that. begging for people to be filming him like what was he even doing there he needs a dollar i'm guessing he just happened okay. to be he in needs the a same dollar, Craig. <laughs> I <have> my great <laughs> joke <laughs> I'm guessing he was just in the same like VIP section as Floyd, like the night before in the club. And Floyd was like, "Do you want to come along to this?" Yeah, thing? I, I can't like, really explain it. Sounds like profiling to me. Let's have a track what? show. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Jesus, they're both famous. Yes, <laughs> VIP section. Yes, you have your you have your hatred for celebrities <laughs> and what they get up to in these nope. exclusive zones that they Go call on. nightclubs. Craig, give, give us a number. Give us number five. Okay, cut copy of Returned. I'm not sure why. They sound exactly the same. This song is called Airborne. Copy, yeah. Uh, they've got a few good songs seven or eight years ago. This is a bit nothing. I quite like okay. it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of a lot of that kind of Nile Rogers guitar still, yeah. but also yeah. Yeah. done in a weird way that almost reminded me of like Ariel Pink. 
to a certain extent. Like mm. there's uh, something slightly off kilter and enjoyable going off, and like with the flat voice, and it didn't really do much for me. And it kind of switches up at weird points, which I don't think quite work. It seemed like they ran out of ideas quite quickly and just thought, oh, we'll stick in a bit of this and that. I'm not. Uh, they're very much in that group of acts whose name alone just made me never check them out. They have the odd good belter. Like <laughs> Hearts on Fire is a great song. Uh, yeah, actually, that is. And they've one of the ones that I forget the name of right now from the same album. Right. I, I must check say, it out. I, I, I enjoyed this. I agree. It might be slightly busy. It's slightly too long, but um, yeah, the kind of the juxtaposition of the kind of like funk instrumentation with kind of like dream poppy vibes or whatever and a proper vocal hook listen genres it's good anyway. <laughs> it's perfectly it's like fine it's, genres, it's perfectly fine but yeah you know it's perfectly prominent yeah. it'll do yeah. <laughs> finally this week we check back in with craig's favorite genre grime hey. it's dizzy rascal and what are you gonna do you were too busy keeping it real what you gonna do when the wall closes in what you gonna do when the wall goes grim what you gonna do when it's all on top and they still wanna know if you're on this team everybody wanna take shots at the king what you gonna do sink or swim what you gonna do there's a whole lot of love and a whole lot of hate and the line is thin what you gonna do when it ain't all sweet what you gonna do now your kids go and eat what you gonna do cause you've gone too far you're a star and you can't go back to the street can't, can't disappear kick back for a week it's actually peak what you gonna do keep quiet or speak ain't nobody gonna shed no tears get back on your feet what you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when it's all on you? What you gonna do? 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 What you gonna do when it ain't all about you? What you gonna do? 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 What you gonna do when it's all on you? Where were you gonna do? What are you gonna do, Craig? When I make you listen to Dizzy Rascal? I mean, it's it's a big return. It's the big one. It's kind of um. It must be weird for Dizzy Rascal seeing like grime explode in oh, the yeah. kind of what f- five plus years he's been away. Definitely four since his last record, and I believe his like it, it was weird. He kind of arrived at a time when grime wasn't happening so much, and he got all the critical plaudits for what he was doing. And I was actually a big fan of the debut album, and oh. it seemed for him to almost you know stay commercially viable. He had to move away from grime and do a lot of quite cheesy collaborations. I believe the last record featured. Stuff with Robbie Williams, Will I Am, uh, didn't really do great in the charts, even though that was like so cynically engineered to do yeah. so and moving away from his roots. And this song is clearly about like quite a brave, honest thing of just like I, I assume he's talking about himself. Oh <laughs> Isn't yeah. He? yeah, yeah. Well, he's, I think he's talking about himself, and he's also sending a warning to all those guys that he's seen yeah. suddenly explode. That like you know he's kind of been there and done that. I like you don't get that a lot from grime or hip hop. Just kind of really like an admission of okay, here's where my career's at, and it's not exactly going to plan. Um, so I kind of like that. Some lines were good. Song wise, no. Not doing it for me whatsoever. Those really? synth horns were very irritating and kind of just sounded farty to me. I sounded got, outdated and I didn't enjoy it. I, I, I quite like it. I, I thought that yeah, kind of sinister beat yeah. combined with his aggression. Sort yeah, of I like the kind well. of, yeah, I like the circular thing that was going on to start. It reminded me of like Really Doe from uh, Danny Brown's last album, like that mm. almost Riza esque kind of menace to it, but those bloody synth horns. Not as bad as the undercurrent in the Dr. Dre song, though. I didn't think it was anywhere near as aggressive. Uh, I, th- I thought this was good. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily flexing the muscles that he needs to to kind of recapture the public imagination. Maybe it will. But I saw him live. Uh, I think it was Forbidden Fruit last year. Yeah. And it was fun. Like, yeah, it was grand. It, it was like. good. But like he was kind of leaning on the hits, as you would at a festival. Sure. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I've seen him at two festivals now. I saw him at that festival I went to in uh, in Austria, where I invented a wise Oh, and you invented the man and almost <laughs> killed a snowboarder, yeah. Yeah, the second part is true. The first part isn't. <laughs> the, the horrible part where I nearly killed someone is actually true. 
Nonetheless, that's that for the songs this week. I <laughs> <laughs> was vintage songs of the week. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. It's a very hot studio. And I still haven't found that fly. Uh, so <laughs> keep your trousers on. Thanks. I'm wearing shorts again. To be fair, and again. Aren't well, I, yeah, this is true. I didn't aren't want to I glad. draw attention to them? It's very warm. So I said last week we weren't going to do the Fan Club album, but we are. Why? Because it's we saw the Sports Pixies, and it felt topical. <laughs> and there's a dearth of new releases. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was mistaken. I thought it was out this week, as in today, that the show drops. It's not out until the fourth of August, but we want to talk about it now. So we're going to have a listen. Right, that's Bullethead, the opening track of this self-titled debut album, which kind of tells you a lot of what you need to know about this band in quite a short space of time. Yeah. As two-minute tracks go, it's pretty good. It was the lead single from their first EP as well, I think, probably going back 18 months at this stage. And yeah, it's something of a mission statement. It kind of flies out of the traps. And yeah, like you say, probably sums up what they do quite well. Uh, this is an album that doesn't generally hang around. There's not an awful lot of fat on it, it feels. And, yeah, the kind of aggression and pace is obviously continued throughout. Yeah, I mean, if it's something of a calling card, it didn't quite work for me in terms of... To be honest, after this track was over, it's like, I can see what they're doing. It's kind of a bit redundant in 2017. And they're not quite hitting those kind of melodic notes that they're trying to hit. Then role models followed, and I was like, eh, I can see, like lyrically, this is kind of boring and angsty, <laughs> and it seems to be very formulaic. Uh, Lightning like offered. I'm just going through tracks now. But <laughs> <laughs> Lightning offered a bit more in terms of the guitar was actually doing interesting twists in terms of, but it was actually around the midway point to cut to the chase. No, keep going. That track, I re- track no, four. That <laughs> I f- it's one of those strange albums that actually, I it's not front loaded, it's not back loaded. It's kind of like around five to like. Nine, <laughs> right? They have like all their best songs, but they. Chris what I'm slightly <laughs> mental. What I'm saying the is the cover that. is quality. The the colors are very nice. Uh, the oh CD is a durable plastic. There are three of them in the band. What I'm saying They're is, Dublin. what I'm saying is, what they are doing is something that is not reinventing the wheel whatsoever. Yeah. Um, okay. but they do it much better than what we've just heard elsewhere in this album brilliant review Craig and there's there's at least three <laughs> songs that made me think oh they might actually have a good album in them but this isn't it yeah I mean <laughs> I, I, I do tend to agree when, when you talk about the middle of the album perhaps being the strongest area yeah. I think Bad Words is probably a standout track it is but it's a minute too long I don't agree with you on that one you mentioned <laughs> how dare you you mentioned it live and no I don't think so I do think the dream catch yeah, nudged him and I went this one's a minute too long you actually did, like, yeah, it was yeah. the weirdest live gig moment in a while. Yeah. Um, Dreamcatcher, like, it's good, but I felt it could have been better. You're just naming songs. <laughs> somebody slightly more yeah, experienced, the, perhaps. You're naming, this, like, yeah, Dreamcatcher, Bad Words. I thought Loners, they're, like, standout track. Yeah. It's a very good song. Um, I mean, they aren't reinventing the wheel, you're dead right. And the question is going to be asked of, like, is this redundant in 2017? The thing is, I mean, like, you know, 
Um, on one hand, people are kind of talking about the, like, you know, the death of guitar bands and blah, blah, which we've discussed before. Yeah, thing. and we should discuss again in light of this record, because this is on a major label. And yeah. therefore, people think this is obviously marketable and it's a resurgence, perhaps. I have likened them to the band Otherkin before. And which I, I think is not. I know. don't think it's unfair. Mm. I think the fan club are the better band. But it's that kind of thing of like, here's some lads with guitars and they're just racing out the traps. And it's like, these are like short, kind of punchy numbers and they're designed for live play and that kind of stuff. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But I just think that there's not really much substance with this. It, it reminded me of Irish bands that were kind of getting a lot of press around the time I started listening to music around the kind of turn of the century. And like the likes of Angels of Mons and stuff that actually put in like a good shift, could write a decent melodic song that was based in grunge and certainly with um fan club i mean just wheezer's blue albums all over this all over this um, yeah, for even sure. early foos yeah but a lot of bands that kind of have you know even after the er- initial wave of these american bands like this has been done in dublin before now i think they do it quite well on a number of tracks but it, they, they just need that standout thing to yeah, separate them from the herd they do yeah. they do it very well but, the, but see, there, there's limitations with this sound and over the course of a record, it becomes exposed the more it goes on. Yeah. There, there is a bit of that for sure, yeah. I mean, I'm reminded of what we were talking about when we say kind of like bubblegum pop. It's easy to write a three-minute hit song. It's very difficult to write a 36-minute hit album when you're kind of trying to use the same formula. The one thing that I'd say, though, is, and like I get the fact that, you know, like they do need that little something extra, something to mark themselves out, something new, something exciting. At the same time, though, it feels really rich to, on one hand, sort of be bemoaning the sort of, you know, lack of guitar bands. And then on the other hand saying, well, they're just derivative and we've heard it all before, you know? But that said, I mean, like, you know, pleasingly, this doesn't go in for an annoying sloppy ballad for track track 11 or track 10 or whatever, like, which, you know, albums like this often do. Yeah. It's often like, let's showcase our softer side now. Hmm. But then again, if you don't do that, you're kind of, you know, like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But it's not just basic rock song or ballad. I mean, there's light and shade. Like there's an interesting, there was an interesting quote from... They're a three-piece with guitars. I know. What what can they really branch out to unless they bring in a fucking synth? Yeah. Which would sound bizarre. There was an interesting quote from the drummer, uh, Derek Holman, who said, like, the songs are like, um, punch your your friend in the face while drunk fun, which is a strange idea (laughs) of fun. But then he added that there's actually lots of layers going on. And I would say, actually... No, the fun kind of element is Actually, there. Actually, Dara. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... <laughs> well, I and I you. think the melodies are kind of there at the forefront, but there's not really many layers. And actually, I think the rhythm section doesn't offer enough diversity. It's very kind of A to B, join the dots, isn't it? Like, there's not a lot of kind of interesting kind of bass lines. The drums very kind of routine. I, it's all about the fucking front man for They're me. also guilty of not having a lot of imagination when it comes to breakdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the middle eights are just like, and now we're back in. Like the, s- uh, the solos are just the kind of melody, the main melody repeated. Like, there's a lot of kind of formulaic stuff, which I think maybe it's just a case of new bands get out of their system, they could go on to better things. I was about to say, like, you know yeah. what, yeah, the one thing is that like, I do try to hold back from giving out about a lack of experimentation on a band's debut album. But then mean, again... You know, this is very much finding their feet sort of Sure, territory. but then again, some, sometimes the debut album isn't that. Sometimes the debut album is an incredible shot in the arm. Oh, well, of course, yeah. New Life's debut album, for example, like, you know, had a lot yeah. of invention going on there, and they're ostensibly a guitar band. Sure. Now, I'm not saying I expect that from this band, but there is something missing here. And I wonder, like, is this just, hey, this is an ad to come see us live, and where it's really kind of felt? Like, what did you think of them as Pixies? Yeah, I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, they fit in. They did fit in perfectly, yeah. Is that the problem, though? Do they just fit in? Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, and I mean, there's also a problem with, as we said earlier, you know, like, 
if they're fitting in with the Pixies, a band who arguably were in their heyday sort of 25 years ago, does that say something about the music that you're producing that it slots in so easily with sort of like mid-90s? And uh, like they're slotting in with maybe the Pixies, say, less inspired or kind of more routine moments mm. as opposed to the kind of weird, magical stuff that they have. I mean, there's something, something just in terms of inventiveness that is... Or inspiration that's qu- kind of lacking. While they can write a tune, they can write a tune. They definitely can. Yeah, they that, definitely can. That's the other reason, yeah, that I wouldn't fret too much of what's to come. Because nice. Yeah. Nice. On a music podcast, capable. no less. <laughs> they're clearly capable of writing good tunes, yeah. of like identifying good melodies. If they can do that, it's really just kind of like tweaks and changes, really, in the background that yeah. could like elevate it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, maybe they could work with Bloody Beetroots on the next record or something. Let's not. Really bring it out. No, this is, as debuts go, hey, look, it's grand. You know, I've seen them live. They're good live. Check mm-hmm. them out. Uh, Score-wise, I don't know, five, six? Yeah, I'd give it a 6.5. I think it's Ooh. decent. I'd probably got to go 5.5. Yeah, I think 5.5 is fair. Uh, like, there's nothing here to be, like, run a fucking mall from. But no, I just no, it's all like, well executed. Like, it's, yeah. I want... Uh, you know, like this whole this whole death of the guitar, death of the guitar band nonsense. Like, you know, like that's never going to go away. Yeah. But I kind of want stronger defenses for that. And this album just only goes so far. Yeah. But they're definitely you can pick and choose from this easy. You can throw a couple of tracks into a playlist. You, you all good, worth checking out. Give it a go when it's out in three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> what else could we listen to? Uh, I just got delivered the new Avatar album. Delivered. Uh, well, you know what I mean, like, <laughs> they emailed it to me. Uh, it's called Eucalyptus. Uh, it was unveiled, as we discussed before, when he sent a fucking jigsaw to somebody. Um, <laughs> and frankly, the album is just as weird as sending a jigsaw of the album to somebody. Have it's- you seen the uh, Nintendo put out a jigsaw, a Super Mario jigsaw there? It's a thousand piece jigsaw, right? right. <laughs> it's a giant, it's a big Super Mario with like a massive red background. Oh. Three quarters of the jigsaw is just red. <laughs> like, how the fuck he's gonna That's do amazing. it? Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's kind of like a mix between acoustic balladry and like obviously just kind of techno, electronic, glitchy fuck up shit. Like, um, <laughs> very strange. But I am quite enjoying it. I think. Good. Good. Uh, I've been mainly listening to Lamb Chop, who I don't know if you guys are into this Nashville band. Another another case of maybe uh, like the band name putting you off ever checking them out. But our good friend Carlo, or Dr. Magicoco. Dr. Magicoco. <laughs> Shout out to him. Dr. Magicoco. He put together a playlist. He's a big fan of Kurt Wagner, which is a great musician's name and also an X-Men's name. Uh, he's a very good uh, writer. I believe Carlo said that, uh, that Lamb Chop fellow was a lovely man when he met him at some gig or something. He sounds like he's a lovely man and you can write a good line. Um, and there's a playlist on Spotify if anyone else wants to check it out. Some were lost teenagers. I've been very much enjoying that from Carlo. So yeah. In so anticipation of Marilyn Manson's new record, which has been retitled from Say 10 to Heaven Upside Down, I've gone back to The Pale Emperor, an album that still works for me quite strongly two years on. Can't wait for that new record. Um, big Marilyn Manson fan. think he still has it. His father just passed away, which was quite sad. They were very, very close. He's just about to go out and tour and do this. So I'm curious to see what will happen or if he'll even make any changes. But yeah, that album is supposed to be out in February. It's been pushed back a whole bunch. I hope it's good. But uh, his most recent offering is fucking great. Yeah, if you haven't checked fantastic. it out, I will say it again. The Pale Emperor is a great goddamn record. Also, actually, very briefly, the new single from Wolf Alice, which we didn't have time to talk about today. Um, don't, don't delete, delete the, kisses. the kisses. And uh, yeah, for some reason, I listen to it a lot. I'm I really even, like it. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. And I mean, like... It's got, like it, it shares a lot with, like, bros from the first album, I guess. And, uh, well, it's, it's the, like, this is... I thought it was a good example, though, and, like, that and Yuck Fu, which was the previous, which we used as Exit Music for mm-hmm. on the show. 
this is an example to me of a band that is actually not afraid to step out of the comfort zone. I'm really curious about that record now. Yeah. And yeah, as I was saying earlier on, I think that that Don't Delete the Kisses track wouldn't be good in an indie movie. About that you're going to write. That I'm going <laughs> to make, yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm going to direct. I'm going to find a way to put it down. Colm can act in the, in, in the indie movie. Sure, why not? Woman's quest to take it easy. Okay, so... <laughs> it's stolen. It's a tagline from a film. But what film? I'll tell you next week. For now, our exit music this week is... Are you thinking about what, what yeah, film is from? I, 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 I have an idea. Go on. Do you, do, you want, do, you want, do you want to take a guess? No, no, no. no Craig? No. Um, Goodfellas. No. It wasn't from that. I'm sure you can just Google it, listener. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off, okay? There it is. So, uh, yes, we've had Bitch Falcon on the show before. I'm a huge fan. Great band. They are playing Longitude this weekend. Are any of us going? No. no. Yeah, none of us. You're going. Our sound engineer is going. Hey. All right. For all three days. Just oh, okay. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday. She's also not going to mic, you see, so you've got to repeat what you're saying. She's going, <laughs> she's going on Sunday. And Sunday, also, by bloody the way, Sunday. <laughs> also, by the way, do you know what's happening on that Sunday? This is like a new thing that's kind of coming in, because Bonnie Vera did it at Forbidden Fruit this year. Oh, fucking Mumford and Sons are curating shit. And, uh, and Mumford and Sons are curating, and therefore all other stages shut down before their set commences. That's excellent. So you got to see them. Are you a fan of Mumford and Sons, Eve? Oh, well, there you no, go. Perfect. Is. That's not, okay, well... I want a full report. We'll, we'll get you a mic for the, for yeah, the next episode. Yeah, get mic'd up for next week. Uh, I'm not going. Uh, is there any coverage on TV? Picnic style? Oh, I don't think so. Don't, no. Okay, right, fair enough. Because uh, we reviewed it last year, even though I wasn't there. It was very impressive. <laughs> Check that out. Go back in time into the No Encore vaults. Yeah. But for now, Bitch Falcon, they play on the Friday. So if you are going, I highly recommend you check out Bitch Falcon. They're great live. They have done a remix. Actually, Lizzie Fitzpatrick, the singer, has done a remix of their track Wolf's Tooth, uh, titled Wolf's Tooth Reloaded. Presumably, Wolf's Tooth Revolutions will follow. There's a Matrix gag oh, for everyone to enjoy there. This is a great song. This is a great remix. Actually, like, I like when remixes do something a bit different, and this one does. So, so like I say, go see me if you get the chance. And my name is Dave Hanrady. There will be no encore. This has been no encore. I fucked that one up, but it doesn't matter. Next week, we will be doing a listening guide. We will. On four yeah. lads from Dublin. Yeah. Four young whippersnappers <laughs> who set the world alight. The hype. Yeah, ahead. <laughs> Feedback. Of the Joshua Tree Tour in Croke Park. We'll be talking about you too. Next week. Uh, enjoy. Bitch Falcon. Bye.
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Peacock fuels your true crime obsession with exclusive new originals like John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. He said to me, clowns can get away with murder. Dr. Death. The Undoctored Story. This guy's dangerous. And Epstein's shadow, Ghislaine Maxwell. She inherited Jeffrey Epstein's secrets. There was this whole other world going on. Plus the most bingeable crime series, Buried in the Backyard and Snapped. And with the Dateline 24-7 channel that's always on. Did you want her death? You can't not obsess. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.